the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. Monday edition. I don't know if it's uh, uh, sunny or we're in the middle of another snow squall. Listen, there was a snow squall. I had a couple people who came to my house. Um to do some work, and they were delayed because there was a whiteout on 279. There's a massive I thought accident. that was crazy, and then it happened to me on the way into work. It happened to me early this morning. It's crazy, yeah. What kind of weather is this? It's March, right? In like a lion, out like a crazy person. I, I guess don't know what the story is, right? Well, speaking of crazy people, it's not like anything happened over the weekend. <laughs> I mean... Listen, I, I think I'm one of the rare people who watched the live broadcast of the uh, Oscars. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> I'm thinking, is this a skit or is I, this And life? I wasn't going to watch. Yeah. You know, and you weren't going to watch. No. And I turned it on maybe, I don't know, I, 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 I turned it on maybe 30 minutes into the broadcast or 60 minutes in. And I texted you and I said, Anything happened at the Oscars. And you were like, ah, Dunes won six awards. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You gave me like the rundown of what I, I missed. I was kind of like mad. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom. And I was like, hold on. Did you see that? And I said, wait a minute. I'm watching on delay on yeah. my DVR. I said, give me a minute. And then when I got to the Chris Rock part, I mean. Holy moly. Chris everything, Rock, Will everything, Smith. and then Christy and John and I <laughs> were like madly tweeting each other, right, or texting each other in the midst of all this. Oh, Christy, you didn't have to do all that, but that's nice of you. Very nice. God She's bless a her. If she comes in. <laughs> She's good, isn't she? It's very good. Excellent. I really like her a lot. Anyway, so we're going to talk about last night's Oscar debacle. Does it matter? Maybe it doesn't. Probably I mean, most people. If the ratings were incredibly low. No one's watching. No one's right. even seeing these movies. No. Uh-uh. I believe that. Listen, our, I didn't see one of the films that was nominated. I think I saw all but one. Yeah. So but I'm, I'm the pro- rare. Most people are probably between you and me. I think most people you see. Think? I'm not sure about that anymore. I think everything's changed. Long form video, you know, Netflix, Prime, Apple TV. People are more interested the in the series. It. Yeah. Christy, the did movies. you see any of the movies? That no, were I not? didn't. No, see? not one. Not one. Me neither. Well, you missed some really good movies, and I'm sorry that you don't yeah. don't invest in movies. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's the way that Hollywood is going now. You know, the Oscars. I mean, after this year, they might never come back. I mean, and, and really, who cares? Yeah, seriously, it's just like this crazy left wing nut job. Yes. You know, women walking around exposing every body what, part did imaginable. You see the dresses, Christy. Who's going to wear ta- that? What are we talking about? Know. 
It used to be class, right. didn't it? And I'm not trying to you know look back to, you know, to right. the 1950s. Not that long ago, yeah. there was a demeanor of something that was, there was uplifted. Like, and there, yeah, and there was also some. Even if the people weren't uplifted, there was like a nod to old Hollywood or classic Hollywood or something like that. Not to say that that was all you know. Peaches no, and cream of course either. not. Good heavens! But it just style-wise, yeah. What are we doing? Nothing. What? It's, this is not good. The whole thing. And I like movies, uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how it unfolds. It's a bit of a freak show, as it, we happened to see last night. You know, and here, like people, serious, good people who did really excellent work. Coda, it's a great film. It really is. It's a wonderful film. What is the best film ever? No. How about the woman from Carnegie Mellon? Sure. She directed it. She mm-hmm. wrote it. And the, her light wasn't necessarily ruined. It was minimized. Well, nobody's talking about it today, that's no, for sure. Not. they really are not. They're talking about the slap heard around the world. Anyway, we're going to be talking about that slap. We're going to go to the phones at 535. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? Did you watch? Um, yeah, did you watch the Oscars? Did it matter? You can feel free to call us and say, I've never, I don't give a care. Mm-hmm. Or you can call and say, I'm super invested. Or you can call and say, I was just had it on in the background. The next thing I know, there's dead air, and I'm yeah. trying to figure out what in the world happened. There's a fight. Anyway, anyway, let's take a look at the newscast, as you always do. Give us the uh, top news stories, the top four at four. All right, people. For Monday, March 28th, 2022, number one, Russia's top independent newspaper, Novaya Gazeta, whose chief editor was last year awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Remember that? It yep. was shared between two people, him and a woman from the Philippines, as yep, I remember. Yep. Anyway, today... They said that they are suspending publication until the end of Moscow's military action in Ukraine. Chief Editor Dmitry Muratov said it was a difficult decision and it was an effort to, quote unquote, save the respected publication and avoid a total shutdown Mm. by the Russian government. He said, we have received another warning from Roskomnazdor. Not really sure how to pronounce that, but that is Russia's media regulator. Um, so now the Novaya Gazeta, if you know anything about Russian history or even, you know, kind of keep track of, of media trends, it was co-founded by Mikhail Gorbachev back in 93, is the only today, the only main newspaper left that voices any criticism of Putin. And they're going to shut down. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're going to shut down because they got a formal warning. Uh, last week, uh, Muratov said the newspaper had decided to donate the, uh, a gold medal that they received to, that's the Nobel Peace Prize, to a fund to help Ukrainian refugees. And I Someone's guess that was the wrong, I guess that was the wrong thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, number two. Um, did you hear about this um, box which contained a unique solid gold medal that was released at an auction house? No. Yeah, the only gold Daniel Morgan at Cowpens Medal, which was struck by the Philadelphia Mint in 1839. What? This is a, a, a gold coin that they thought had basically been lost. It's like a great work of art that over the centuries had just basically comp- just disappeared and no one had any idea where it was. Untraced since 1885, an anonymous owner consigned the medal to be auctioned off at Stacks Bowers Gallery April 4th through 8th in Costa Mesa, California. No one has any idea where it's come from, where it's been, whatever. There's only one of them. 
the pre-auction, and it's a very long story that we can talk about later in the show or maybe tomorrow. The pre-auction sales estimate for this one coin is 250000 to $500,000. Very cool. And it could go much higher than that, yeah, especially sure. because the news reports out today are like, you can see how many pages I'm turning. It's a very detailed story. And for historical buffs, people that really like kind of a, a mystery, this story will definitely pique your interest. Nice. Number three, speaking of piquing your interest, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in talks with Kraft Heinz over possibly extending the longstanding naming rights for the team's North Shore Stadium, which has been named Heinz Field since it's opened 21 years ago. Hard to believe. Anyway, um, so if Kraft Heinz and the Steelers are unable to reach a new deal, um, there are plenty of large locally based companies that appear to be interested in stepping in. One mentioned in today's trib is Dick's Sporting Goods. We going to call it? I hope not. Like? Nope. Please do not. Okay. And number four, Will Smith slept Chris Rock live at the Oscars last night. (laughs) And that's your top four. All right. At four. Very interesting. Let's take a quick break. Uh, We need to go to Washington, D.C. Greg Clugston will join us in just a few minutes. He'll give us an update of what's happening in and around the nation's beltway and across the country and the world. That's straight ahead. The Monday edition of The Ride Home for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5. Word FM, that's W-O-R-D. 101.5 W-O-R-D. The trouble started with Eugene Muggsy Mumford. Yo, we want to be in your play. You're kidding. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, Vacation Bible School is not going well for Ned Lewis. I mean, why me? Will VBS ever be the same? But when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, he was amazed. Keep me oil in my lamp. Keep me oil in my lamp. Find out on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Creation Festival 2022 is your summer destination. June 29th through July 2nd at Agape Farm, Shirley'sburg, PA. Featuring Zach Williams, We the Kingdom, Bethel Music, Newsboys, Dante Bow, Red, and many more. Creation Festival, a tribute to our creator. Come for the day or the entire event and go home changed. Compassion International presents Creation Festival. Get half-off tickets now while they last exclusively at wordfm.com slash creation. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. 
First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. When people who make their living in high positions of communication style and they go off script, they go off the teleprompter, whether it's Chris Rock last night or Joe Biden over the weekend, well, things happen badly. Uh, Greg Cluxton is with us once again. We always kick off Monday show with a look at the nation's capital with Greg Cluxton, who is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, welcome back to the show. Thank you, John. I hope you're not talking about me going off the rails. No, no, no. We have great confidence in your ability to stay on script, Greg. Yeah. Oh, Greg. Okay, well, we can talk about the slap heard around the world later, but um, let's start off talking about the president. So um, yeah. Biden has been, it seems, pretty disciplined up until last week and how he talked about what was happening in Russia and Ukraine. But then, like John said, he went off script and said, quote, for God's sake, this man meaning Vladimir Putin, cannot remain in power. So since then, it's been walked back by him and every other person surrounding him. That's not really what he meant. He was just outraged. Anyway, where is the White House on this today? Well, today, the president just in the last hour was asked about this. He was making comments about the budget, which he just released today, but everything is being overshadowed by these Putin comments. And he said he is not walking back his comments. He was very forceful in defending what he said. Now, of course, on Saturday, within an hour uh, of the end of that speech, even before I think the president got on Air Force One to start flying, flying back home, uh, his White House aides were clarifying what he said. But today, just an hour ago, the president said, I am not walking back those remarks. He said, I was expressing the moral outrage I felt toward Putin. He said he was not articulating a policy change, meaning that uh, they want to topple you know, Putin from power and remove him out of, out of Moscow. And he said that it would be ridiculous for anybody to suggest that or, or to think that that's what he was suggesting. Of course, you have the president of France, you have uh, U.N., uh, Secretary General and others around the world in strong leadership diplomatic positions who were expressing concern about those very remarks and wondering if it would complicate the situation in terms of diplomacy, relations between the outside world and Moscow. The president was also asked about that, you guys, and a few minutes ago he said he's not concerned that his remark about Putin not being able to re- remain in power should uh, should interfere with ongoing diplomatic efforts. Right. And, and of course, Greg, I mean, most people in the free world are thinking the exact same thing that the president said, that there should be a regime change. It's just when the president of the United States says it, it takes on deeper implications. That's, that's exactly right. And I think uh, you were both commenting about this just a few moments ago, saying that there, you know, words matter when you are the president of the United States. You are uh, the leader of the federal government. You are uh, the head of a nuclear power. You are the head of a power country, power nation in this world. 
And the words that the president utters matters, no matter who you are, no matter which party uh, you represent, uh, they do matter. And so there were a series of comments that the president made beyond even his his remarks in, in Warsaw on Saturday earlier in his European trip, where he was suggesting that uh, U.S. troops could be going into Ukraine, which the president today said he was not suggesting that. And so the preciseness of his words might have been lacking last week. And so that's why the president today appears to be standing firm on what he said, saying, look, it wasn't policy change. I was speaking from the heart here. And uh, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people actually agree with what he said. Yeah. When you when you look sure. at the carnage, when you look at the suffering, when you look at the bombing of innocent civilians. Um, but at the same time, when you're the president of the United States, the words do carry different weight. Mm-hmm. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. OK, let's um, broaden our focus and talk about his Europe trip in general. Um, high points, low points, things we should know. Well, I, I guess politically, the low point could be what we're just talking about because it overshadowed what was a, a very strong speech in terms of calling for continued unity among NATO members in terms of standing up against the Russian aggression in Ukraine and the potential for that aggression to spread elsewhere in Eastern Europe. And so that was that was a speech the White House had built as a, as a signature, as a major uh, address by the by the president. And of course, it's been uh, sort of hijacked by these uh, these nine words that he ad libbed right at the very end of the speech. But uh, he met with uh, American troops that are in Poland and are in that region that are supporting uh, the Ukrainian forces that are supporting NATO forces that are in that region and beefing up the eastern flank of NATO territory, which uh, bumps up, of, of course, against Russia. And then uh, he also met with, uh, when he was in Brussels the first day and a half of his trip, he was meeting with the NATO member leaders, the G7 leaders, uh, members of the European Council. And uh, so th- these were important meetings in terms of, of, of the cohesive, you know, we've seen such unity uh, from a lot of these governments and a lot of these nations. And the president was there to say, uh, we need to stick with it because the war is not um, apparently far, is not close to being over uh, in terms of the Russian attack against Ukraine. So there were some positives there and there were efforts that were seen. Although when you when you listen to the Ukrainian President Zelensky, he is still not satisfied. He continues to ask for more and more uh, because he's talking about the survival of his capital city and his people. And he doesn't feel like he's getting still quite enough help, even though there are efforts by NATO and others. Right. So, Greg, just even as a sidebar, you, you, I often wonder about when the president, whether, you know, it's whomever who is the president of the United States, and they make these long trips around the world. I mean, you know, anybody who's traveled internationally, you know, it takes a toll on you, right? Physically, mm-hmm. s- you know, psychologically. I mean, sp- it, all those things wear you down. And here, of course, Joe Biden is not a young man to go to Poland, to have a very busy schedule, to jump on a plane, come back. I mean, you've got to be out of sorts when you come back. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying for anyone, it's a heck of a workload. It is. Uh, I mean, when you when you fly on these trips, uh, you know, changing time zones and uh, you're waking up in what is the middle of the night, your body time and, and those kinds of things. Uh, so, right. It, it, it's a toll on everybody that your the aides and advisors and the press that are traveling. Everybody feels that fatigue and weariness set in pretty early on. And with the stakes as high as yeah. they are with what we're seeing in Ukraine, that's sort of an added layer 
of of pressure and concern. And you're right, the president, 79 years old, and uh, you know there are there have been questions about his uh, his fitness. He physically, uh, you know, is is a fit man, as we heard from his doctor following his. Uh, uh, end of the year uh, physical here just a couple of months ago, but it's 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 a difficult task and responsibility for any president of any age. And so we did see the president uh, speak, maybe not as precisely as some would like mm-hmm. to uh, have heard from him. We also know from those of us who've watched Joe Biden all these years, all these decades, that he's just he's has that personality he's that kind of guy he's a gaff right? machine he is right, right. he he gaffs he yeah. says stuff off the cuff he you know he's I kind did. of a swashbuckler type of thing and so i think all of us knew that going into a biden presidency there was going to be this kind of stuff happening i just none of us imagined the kind of stakes we'd be talking about at this point right sure and, you know it's interesting a lot of people have called this a gaff in terms of his putin comment from the president's viewpoint today, he doesn't think it is. Not, not surprising. Right. He he does not put it in the gaff category. Okay. He is standing firm and said, look, uh, he had just come from visiting with with refugees, with families, with children that had to flee Ukraine. And he was seeing yeah. firsthand, even though he wasn't in Ukraine, he was about 60 miles from the border with Ukraine. Uh, he was seeing the impact of the war in Russia. And he said, look, uh, it's morally outrageous what we are witnessing, and uh, he was expressing his personal feelings, not the expressed policy right. of the United States in that comment. And you could understand and, exactly. And listen, why I that feel like happen. you're making a good point, Greg. That most people, if you ask them, if there was a survey done, they'd be like, "Yeah, we agree." Yeah, especially seeing it right. up close, right? There's no doubt about that, Greg. Time yeah, is short. And the president. I'm sorry. He, no. he made clear, John, again, even just a few minutes ago, look, he's not interested in a land war. He's not interested right. in a nuclear uh, power struggle with with Russia. And he said that's why he doesn't think people should have uh, taken what they have from what he said. Well, he is the president. Let's talk about uh, the former president and the January 6th committee, because uh, some clarification today that uh, former President Trump may face some charges here, some criminal charges. What does this look like? There's a lot of moving pieces, which include includes the wife of a Supreme Court justice, the uh, former chief of staff. Tell us where we are in all this. Sure. Uh, You're right. It is uh, a lot of moving parts here, and we don't know what what would involve with the president in terms of criminal charges or anything like that. But in in a ruling today, a federal judge um, said that it is more likely than not that Donald Trump uh, committed a felony in his efforts to obstruct uh, the joint session of Congress that was certifying the vote of the 2020 election. And that comment by that federal judge in today's ruling came in a decision that released um, emails, like 100 emails and other communication uh, items between uh, Donald Trump and a lawyer that he was consulting with uh, during that time post-election before January 6th. So that's sort of a uh, an involved story there involving what the what the president uh, could be facing later. But then you're right. Uh, the Washington Post first was reporting uh, last week that the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, Ginny Thomas, uh, had uh, e- had been emailing or I guess texting with the White House, then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, uh, really pushing him uh, to do everything they could to keep 
Donald Trump in office after the uh, 2020 election. And so uh, now there are questions as to whether uh, she is going to be uh, called for by the by the House committee that is working on this uh, January 6th committee. So uh, a lot of new steps just in the last couple of days here and even just a few hours ago. Uh, and it's still going to take a lot to unravel. There have been hundreds of, of witnesses that have been interviewed by this committee, but there's still no timeline uh, or expectation as to when we may get some sort of actual findings. And when it comes to Jenny Thomas, it's not just text messages, right? It's also her social media profile. Right. And so social media claims another person <laughs> is what it looks like, Greg. So is social media, do you know, part of that January 6th investigation? It is, right? The FBI has be. been looking at it's posts record, and such. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, it's it's been a guide in some ways for um, for investigators mm-hmm. and members of Congress and, and officials. Uh, the president was asked about this at the end of his remarks here at the White House just a, a little while ago, and he said, Uh, that he's not going to weigh in on whether or not, for example, Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court should recuse himself Mm. from any issue related to the January 6th riot that may come before the high court. He said that's up to the Justice Department, and and it's a legal matter that the president uh, is not willing to publicly talk about. Right. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugson is with us. Greg, uh, just talk about the budget. Uh, There's a lot of conversation about more increases in federal spending. Where are the numbers? Right. The numbers came out today and you're looking at a, you know, five trillion plus uh, budget for uh, fiscal 2023, which would begin in October. Um, a lot of that money, of course, goes to Social Security and Medicare and, and, and that kind of, uh, you know, obligated funding that the government uh, has to go out. But uh, the, the Biden White House is wanting to increase uh, the domestic budget as well as the defense budget. And so there are a variety of issues there. What's interesting is there have been a lot of uh, lawmakers over the last couple of years uh, in in the far left of the Democratic Party that have talked about defunding the police. We all have heard about that. Mm -hmm. The president, uh, he he has been saying the opposite for some time. And today with his budget is saying it again, that he wants more police and better funding for police and community policing efforts uh, and those kinds of things. Um, So he's he's, he's, uh, expressing a concern that, or responding to a concern that a lot of maybe especially people uh, in in the suburbs and and cities are expressing in terms of their physical safety. Uh, So, but but you can't uh, talk about a budget without taxes. And so one of the ideas that the president is putting forward is this minimum tax for households that have a hundred million dollars or more. So we're talking the ultra wealthy here, Mm -hmm. uh, a very small slice of the American uh, public. And he wants to have at least a 20% tax on, on their households so that you don't have in, in the white house argument, you don't have teachers and firefighters paying essentially higher taxes than what the, uh, the ultra wealthier family. John and I are spending some time after the show today doing some calculations to mm-hmm. see if we fit into that, yeah, you right. know, level. How will we pay our heating yeah. bills? Right. Or, or maybe maybe we can just skate in right under <laughs> the yeah. cutoff. I wish yeah. you the best. Yeah. yeah. Hire, yeah, hire a good so lawyer. Yeah. All right. Uh, only a few minutes left, uh, Greg. So it would be, um, I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the slap last night. Are you a fan of watching did the Oscars watch? and did, were you seeing it live? Yeah, I did not watch the event live. I, of course, have seen the replay. I've read about it. Uh, I, I guess I have mixed views. I, I understand the the, uh, the desire of a husband to defend his Surely, wife. Surely, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I don't really 
uh, embrace the idea of uh, publicly attacking someone no. physically the no. way he did. I think at first the audience wasn't sure if it was a comedy bit, if it was a right. setup. Yeah, there was laughter. But then when there was the back and forth and the foul language and all the rest that kind of followed and then the intervening by Denzel Washington and others during a commercial break to kind yeah. of diffuse the situation, people then were realizing, yeah, this this was real life uh, right before our eyes. Right. I mean, when Satan pops up at the Oscars, <laughs> you know you're off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck that all, about? Yeah. all i can tell you greg is that you know next year when the oscar telecast comes like we'll start a text thread you mm-hmm. know you john and i and you and so we can just kind of start the Include conversation in the mix. Yeah. right because mm-hmm. it, it yeah, got... maybe, maybe it'll boost ratings for next year because the oscar uh, viewership has been going down in recent years maybe right. this will help that's yeah. a nice way to put it very nice greg always a pleasure Good thanks so much greg. for uh, bringing us up to date here in the nation's capital my pleasure. Thanks. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, SRN News Online, of course, at wordfm.com. How much do you have saved for retirement? Now, cut that number in half. That's the impact inflation could have on your retirement. Have you thought about that and how it will affect your retirement plans? If not, you should. Recently, inflation's been over 5%, but even at the historical average of 3%, the value of your savings could be cut in half in 20 years. So what can you do? Start by getting a free booklet from Kurt Konodik at Accurate Solutions Group. It will help you understand how inflation could impact you and show you simple ways to prepare for it. To get your copy of this free booklet from Kurt Konodik and the Accurate Solutions Group team, call or text INFLATION to 412-515-3555. That's inflation to 412-515-3555. Inflation, you can't stop it, but you may be able to minimize its impact on your retirement. Call or text inflation to 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them, and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 but right now mypillow.com promo code is word train up a child in the way they should go well you know the rest it's a calling you take very seriously as a christian parent and trinity christian school in forest hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart trinity christian school one of the top k-12 through schools in allegheny county at trinitychristian.net right now there are young people across the world facing a tough choice continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. 
101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be very cold. Temperatures approaching near record lows. One of the coldest nights until next fall, so dress warmly. We'll see a low of 16. Intervals of clouds and sunshine tomorrow with a high of 43. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy. A little rain late, beginning after temperatures rise above freezing. Watch for icy spots late, low 31. A little rain early in the morning Wednesday, otherwise cloudy, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. All right, Kath is doing a little home remodeling work. Mm-hmm. Been living on the uh, second floor of her house now for the about, what, past two months? Yeah, it's been, this is week nine. <laughs> That's a long time. Mm-hmm. That sure is. Mm-hmm. So the entire downstairs is not available to you. No. So Matt and the guys, you know, Matt's the head of the crew doing mm-hmm. some work. Uh, he's pretty busy, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Could you do what Matt did today? I guarantee you we can. You want to know what Matt did today? Tell me. Trim. Trim? Like baseboards? Baseboards, chair rail, trim around the doors. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this. And a miter saw. My house is about 100 years old. Yeah. So portion of the house, obviously most of the house, is not being touched by this renovation. Mm-hmm. The portion of the house that is being renovated... Matt has transformed to have all of the trim totally matched. Really? So that means every little corner around the front door, every little bit of trim around the basement door. Mm-hmm. He's, he's engineered the baseboard to be exactly, I tell you, exactly like what was there in the original part of the house. Really? The whole thing. See, the details matter, don't it? You know, he pulls out this chair rail. And we had there, there's there's a portion of the chair rail that's missing that that got ruined in the demolition. But there's a portion that remains, the original, the 100-year-old stuff. Yeah. He says, so I, I, I'm going to make this chair. This is what I got at the store. What do you think of it? Well, to me, it looks like chair rail. Yeah. Right? He says, but it's not exactly like the original. This is, what's wrong with it? He said, well, it has a curved top. But your chair original has a straight top. And I said, well, I, I guess I can see that now that you bring that up. But I don't know if I would notice it. He said, I'll take care of it. Hmm. So I come down the next day. He said, what do you think of the chair rail? He's got it installed. He put it through the long saw. I don't even know what the long saw is called. He made the rounded edge straight. So now it looks exactly really? like the old stuff. Is it painted or stained? Painted. Very nice. It's incredible. Matt. Matt. See, that's why. Wonder what Matt's house looks like. I bet it looks great. Or is he one of those people? No, probably not. Is he one of those people where, like, the shoemaker's kids have bad shoes? No, no. I've met Matt. My guess is he's got it. He's got his act together. Probably got it all together. All right. Thank goodness for Matt. Right. Left for our own devices. How would we be living? All right. We'll take a quick break. When we do come back, we're going to talk. Oh my goodness gracious! Tim Mulehoff is with us. Joe Biden and Will Smith feed forward next. 101.5 WORD. If we have Jesus, we have life. 
That's the good news from God's Word as our study of the Gospel of John continues on through the Bible. We'll walk to the home of Mary and Martha as Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll save a seat on the Bible bus just for you. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing It Right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to Manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable. Offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. There's no part of our bodies that put in more work than our feet. And with all that work, your feet can start to ache. But luckily, there's relief for our overworked feet. Skechers ArchFit Footwear for men and women. Skechers teamed up with podiatrists to design a shoe that provides total foot and arch support for all-day comfort. They used 20 years of data and over 120,000 unweighted foot scans to create a podiatrist-certified insole that distributes support across the arch no matter what foot type you have. And with all that support comes extreme comfort. Skechers are the fit and comfort specialists, and ArchFit shoes from Skechers provide expert comfort whether walking or just standing. They're so comfortable, they're not just for people with tired, achy feet. Everybody can enjoy just how amazing they feel. Plus, many are machine washable. So even though you'll be wearing them all day, every day, you can easily keep them looking new. So give yourself some soothing comfort and support with podiatrist-certified Skechers ArchFit Footwear. Your overworked feet will thank you. See all the styles of ArchFit Footwear for men and women at Skechers.com, the Skechers store near you, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. The president's talking about eliminating the uh, president of Russia. Sort of an offhand <laughs> remark. Sure. Just kind of brought that up. Sure. And then last night at the uh, Oscar tele- te- telecast, an uh, international audience, one guy slaps another guy. And you think, people are not necessarily thinking clearly, or they're rushing ahead of their thoughts. Yeah. Emotions are taking over. There's a lot of reactivity. Mm, yeah. Well, I do it. We all do it. So right. is what we saw last night on TV the outgrowth of what we see in our own lives, just on a bigger stage in a bigger sense. Uh, yeah. Tim Ulhoff is with us. Tim's a regular guest on our show from Biola University, where he's professor of communication. His latest book is called Winsome Conviction, Disagreeing Without Dividing the Church. Here today to talk to us about something called Feed Forward. Hey, Tim, how you doing? 
Great to be back with you guys. I'm doing well. Thanks. Were you watching the Oscars live last night, Tim, when uh, all the events unfolded? You know, I didn't watch it live, but uh, when I certainly turned on my news feed, it was all over. That's what dominated the whole Oscar talk was what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock. And as you watch it, it's just a lesson in communication principles 101 of not anticipating the effect of your communication, not thinking out what to do, which is interesting with President Biden, who gave a great speech railing NATO, but then went literally off script and voiced his frustration um, towards President Putin. We get that. That's uh, certainly understandable. But it's it's the off script thing that I find very interesting that we need to really think about those moments and to say what will be the impact down the road of, of that email I'm about to send, of that a joke I'm about to tell or whatever. And I think we're losing the ability to do that today, to think ahead of what will be the impact uh, of what I'm about to do or say. And Will Smith was something he did. Nonverbal communication can be just as powerful as verbal communication. Right. Okay, so that's interesting, Tim. So, so in the instance of President Biden and Chris Rock, both men can sp- spend considerable time looking at a teleprompter. And both instances, they did not adhere to a script on the teleprompter, and that's what got them in trouble. Well, I want to say about Chris Rock. So uh, we also have another phrase in communication theory. There's a Russian linguist named Bakhtin who has this great phrase, the already spokens of any conversation. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if you, if you go into the Jada Pickett-Smith situation, this was not the first time. This was not the first joke directed at her in public by Chris Rock, to which Will Smith said, if you ever do that again publicly, demean my wife that way, I'm going to knock you out. So we don't know what Chris Rock's script was. He might have been like a provocateur and said, oh, I do know I'm pushing a button here because he's already told me what he's going to do. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it, and maybe this will be a ratings boom. So I don't know if we know what Chris Rock's script was of what he intended um, his effect to be. But Will Smith, my goodness, how would you like to win the best uh, actor Oscar and learn that the Academy of, of uh, Movies was trying to convene a hasty meeting that if they could have pulled off, he wouldn't have been allowed to go up and accept the award. He would have been ushered out because of the slap, and he never would have gotten a chance to receive that award. And now he does receive it, but he has to spend a significant time apologizing. So, again, for us to think, what do I, in self-defense, we talk about what do you want your life to look like five minutes from now? Like, like do you really want to get into it with this guy on the highway no. with mm-hmm. road rage? Yeah. So we need to have the walk away principle of what do I want my life to look like in about five minutes? And, and can I contain how my comment's going to be perceived and where it's going to go. That's why the book of Proverbs is so wise to say it is folly and shame to a person to speak before listening. And I think we need to listen to others. Like, I don't think we go off script in the moment and, and raise the stakes the more we have to be introspective about the effects of our communication because once it's said, it's really hard to walk back. 
especially in today's uh, media-saturated, day-to-day oh. situation where there's Everyone's always a, a person with a camera. Um, and so you could be at a at a hockey game. You could be at your story. kid's basketball game. You could be at the school board meeting, whatever it is, and there is a, a camera right there for you. And I think one of the problems with that is that – and I guess I should ask you this instead of telling you what I think the problem is. I'll ask you the concern – you know, John and I are on camera right now, and we're we're on camera every day. And so it's something that we get used to and something that's always like in the back of our heads. But but if you're at Shop and Save, which is a local grocery store chain here, and someone pulls out a camera, the average person does not have that as a as like a precondition to them walking into a grocery store. And so people are going to say things like just normal human interaction that's not intended for video that gets picked up on video. So I guess my question is, how do we live in a world like that where we're not – it's kind of like we're living in some kind of artificial reality and things that could be broadcast were never even meant to be. Which means they get us in – like I get President Biden being on a world stage, and I get Will Will Smith walking up on the stage at the Oscars. But you're right, Kathy. When I'm in a a convenience store or I'm driving in my car, I can be filmed any time. So I need to know what is my main priority. So I say to my students this. What if for the next week, every time you walked in a room, somebody stood up and said, introducing Jesus Christ's ambassador, an ambassador representing the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So Timmy Hoff, come on in. And with every time I walk into a grocery store, I get in my car, somebody says, oh, oh, there goes the uh, Jesus Christ ambassador, his spokesperson. I would, oh my gosh, I would step back and say, this isn't about me. This is not about Tim Milhoff's reputation. I represent Jesus Christ. So whenever I speak to you guys or anywhere, I always in the back of my mind know I represent Biola University. Even if not officially representing Biola, it will get back to our director of communication if I go off script and start saying some kind of crazy things. I think we need to realize as Christians, one, who we represent, and God's reputation can literally be tarnished by our actions. But second, how do you get the spiritual power to do as Peter says, when insulted, I do not want you to insult, but I want you to give a blessing instead? Where do you get that kind of spiritual power from? And I would argue, John and Kathy, most Christians have no idea how to walk in the power of the Spirit daily. We don't know how to drum up that spiritual power. And A.W. Tozer said, that is what fundamentally separates Christians from non-Christians. We rely on a higher power. We don't try to drum it up ourselves. So we really need to go back to the Bible and ask the question, how do I guard my tongue with the power of the Holy Spirit? How does the Spirit give me discernment? And I would argue most people are absolutely clueless when it comes to that. That's really good. Talking to Tim Muehlhoff, he is the ambassador for Jesus Christ, joining us live on the air right right now. (laughs) Tim, listen, that's excellent, though. I mean, if you walked around with that on the tip of your tongue and in your mind, it would change you tremendously, wouldn't it? So, John, I almost got thrown out of a Little League baseball game because my, my son was a pitcher. And, yeah, you know, yeah. some of these Little League, um, they will not call strikes. They will not call strikes. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? I get so it. So I am, I am about to get up uh-huh. and go say something to the ump, right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm not going to go crazy. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, John, I literally stand mm-hmm. up, and a man 
grabs me and says, hey, can I just say something to you and your wife real quick? Uh, I, know you're, I know you're a pastor, which I'm not. I know you're a pastor. My wife just left me, and I was wondering if you and your wife would uh, pray for me. Literally, as I'm standing up, ready to go give it to this ump. And, and, Nor- and Noreen just laughed. My wife just laughed, John. She was like, aren't you glad that you didn't go talk to that ump? And I was like, no, I'm not glad. That is so frustrating. You know what I mean? But that's how he viewed me yeah. as you're a pastor. And I'm not a pastor, but I speak enough in churches in my local area sure. that I get why people would think that. But that would be pretty interesting to wear this lapel pin mm-hmm. that says, hey, uh, spiritual representative. Mm-hmm. I think people would look at me, and I think that's a good corrective for me. I, I say to my kids when they were competing in high school, that name on the back of your jersey is not just your name. That is my name. Right. So you you get teed up in a game that 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 reflects on me, your mom, and and even our church. You need to you need to to know what you do is not contained to just you. Yeah. I mean, Tim, I think I've told you this. I had a friend who for years had one of those Christian fishes on the back of his car. He was a horrible driver. So instead of changing his road rage habits, he took the fish off the car. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's the funny thing, John and Kath. It doesn't get announced. And we can, we can be incognito. Like, like I can just choose with some of my friends, not ever. Like, I'm flying out to Falls Church, uh, Virginia, this weekend, yeah. preaching in the church that George Washington established. Okay. Fabulous. And I can, I can be on that plane, and I can have a person say, hey, what do you do? Yeah. I can say in a heartbeat, I'm a professional model. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's just, that's just, just a joke. I can say, so why are you laughing? No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. or I can say, I'm a professor. I can say that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just a college professor. It's a cover. I don't have to say at the Bible Institute of Los Angeles because now I've kind of outed myself. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes we keep our cards to our vest because we want to be able to go off script. And we want to do insult for insult and ignore what Peter is trying to tell us in First uh, Peter chapter 3. That's good. Okay, so then to walk in the power of the Spirit daily, I mean, that's quite a – that's quite a model. Uh, there's got to be a road people can follow, right? Well, so this is a much longer conversation. Of course. But when Paul says, I want you to discipline yourself for the sake of godliness, that word discipline, he actually uses an athletic term that was used of Olympians uh, of his time. So this discipline is not going to be a quick, hey, I'm going to say a prayer and how I've lived my life up to that moment is irrelevant. I just want God to supernaturally take over my tongue. I think Paul's saying it doesn't work that way. So you have to discipline yourself. Now, what are spiritual disciplines? Fasting, prayer, solitude, Bible memorization, uh, all of those things is what Paul is saying are spiritual disciplines. Because it's kind of like a person is saying, hey, I want to run a half marathon. Okay, and I'd be like, hey, great. How many times do you go running this month? Well, you know, maybe I do it once a week, but not even every once a week. I'd be like, well, how's that half marathon going to go? Oh, well, I'm going to pray that God intervenes mm. and I do really well. <laughs> right. right. We would laugh at that. Yeah, we would say, guys, I don't think it works that way. Well, I don't think walking in the power of the Spirit works that way. I think God is saying you need to discipline yourself in these mm. spiritual formation disciplines. Yeah. And that's where, to be honest, many Christians today – 
they equate Christianity with maybe church attendance once a week. And so then we wonder why we live meager spiritual lives. Um, so I think we need to have a robust understanding of what Paul was trying to get at when he says, what does spiritual discipline look like? Interesting. Fabulous. Tim, always good. And time is way too short, but thanks so much. We appreciate you. Good to hear you. from you, yeah. Tim. Well, goodbye, fellow ambassadors. Yes, and full-time <laughs> model. You look great. You look fabulous, Tim. Tim, Tim Ulhoff from Biola University. Uh, if you see him on a plane, ask him to go deeper into who he is and who he represents. We'll take a quick break. Come back. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. I'm about to compare a pepper shaker to a cash-out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube, but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years, leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and we are a family mortgage team committed to Word FM. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options, go to unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Do you feel, um, you know, when you see what happened last night at the Oscars 
And then, you know, like our, our last guest, I didn't see it, but I, I followed it up, right? Everybody, not in the moment, but everyone is sort of in the know. And so you make a judgment based upon a 60-second or a 30-second clip. You don't know what happened before, whether it was months or years before, mm-hmm. Or after the fact, but all of a sudden, everybody's an expert on what they see. And some people only see that clip based on someone's tweet about it. So commenting on the exactly. On the clip. So you see the comment first, which is in your head. Then you see the clip, and so your tendency is to see the clip the way that that commenter saw the clip. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right, then you're right. not. You, you, so you don't really know what happened. I mean, part of the thing about seeing it live, I wasn't live, but I, I didn't know what had happened. I was just a little bit behind on tape. But you saw. I saw the thing unfold naturally is that it was way more shocking than you can imagine. If you didn't see it live, you can't quite imagine the shock of it in the moment. Right. And, you know, context and place is everything. Yeah, yeah. Because it's different, you know, of course, anytime anyone's slapped in the face, that's shocking. Mm-hmm. But especially two guys wearing tuxedos in the Oscars, that unto itself was like, how could that even be possible? You couldn't even imagine such a thing, could you? No. Especially because Chris Rock walked out on stage like a million bucks. Yeah, Took that great. stage like a boss. Because he's a pro. And then to see what unfolded. Heaven help us. Vessels of love, right? That's what they say. Back in a few minutes. Five o'clock hours next year in the ride home. Stay with us. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden's new budget calling for a new tax on the wealthiest Americans and more police funding. White House correspondent Greg Clugston has details. In the president's proposal, households worth more than $100 million would face a minimum tax of 20%. The White House says it would apply to the top 0.01% of households. Mr. Biden would also boost police funding, a proposal at odds with the far left wing of his party. White House officials claim the president's plan would cut projected budget deficits by more than $1 trillion over the next decade. Greg Clugston. Washington. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas participating in arguments at the court via telephone today. Following a week-long stay, Chief Justice John Roberts said at the beginning of arguments that Thomas would be participating, quote, remotely. This is SRN News. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accounts and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-3156 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-3156 and together we can help achieve this goal.
goal of putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-3156. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com promo code is WORD. If you owe $27 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, what would you need to do? Well, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $27 trillion. And right now, taxes are at historically low levels. It doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are lower or later when rates are much higher? Now whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called You and Your Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of You and Your Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. When taxes go up, Will you be ready? Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group now. Call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be very cold. Temperatures approaching near record lows. One of the coldest nights until next fall, so dress warmly. We'll see a low of 16. Intervals of clouds and sunshine tomorrow with a high of 43. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy. A little rain late beginning after temperatures rise above freezing. Watch for icy spots late, low 31. A little rain early in the morning Wednesday, otherwise cloudy, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Saturday night, I was looking at the, my Twitter feed. And, you know, most of it's just you know, ridiculous. But oftentimes, or sometimes, I should say, you, you see something and you go, oh, that, that was worth it. That was a really mm-hmm. good insight that I needed to hear. And then, of course, you know, as I do as a dad, which I think probably most parents, at least I don't know, I send it along to my kids. Sometimes they respond. More often than not, they don't. But this was one of the times when, whenever it sort of hit its mark. Anyway, here's a quick summary. I'll read that just quickly. Um, someone I follow, uh, at Punk6529. I have no idea who this person is. A few years ago, I was walking around a blizzard in Soho in New York. It was late, midnight. It was beautiful. Some friends about 15 blocks away called me and said, come over. It was late. It was cold. I was tired. I thought, maybe not worth it. But then I said, well, life is short. Why not? It was a great night. We watched the movie. We had drinks. Generally had good vibes all night long. But why did I go? 
A couple of years earlier, I had done the following calculation, which freaked me out quite a bit. Most of my friends from high school lived and live now in different cities than I do. These are friends that I had spent every day with in high school, and some I had even lived with in my first years in New York City. We're still super close. I think of them as best friends, and I feel that we have all the time in the world. Sometimes they come back to my neck of the woods, sometimes for pleasure, sometimes I'm in their neck of the woods. Sometimes we manage to hook up with each other and hang out. But one day I ran the numbers. I hung out with a typical one of these, say, 1,500 times in my life, mostly in high school. We were managing to sync up our travels, say, once every 12 to 24 months. It is mathematically certain now that about 99% of the time I will ever spend with them in the rest of my life, I have already done so. Oh, my gosh. So it does not matter if I see them another 10, 20, 50 times. It is the trivial scheme of things because the prior mental framework was, my guys are in town. Maybe we can grab some drinks. Now the new mental framework is, tonight is one of the last... 30 times that you can see one of the best friends in your life. Nothing has changed in substance. I just finally did the math right, and it was shocking. I started doing the math, being realistic. How many more nights in the club? How many more steak nights at Peter Luger's? How many more trips to India? The numbers are all stupidly low. Three, 20, maybe 100. Peanuts. That was the background to my snowy night decision. How many more nights in my life will I be walking around in a magical blizzard in Soho while I have friends a few blocks away? Will they be up for hanging out? And boy, am I glad I went. Sometimes it turns out that there are trade-offs, COVID and all that. But coming back to this, life is short, your special moments. Be realistic about when you might start losing interest in some activities due to age. Subtract the years by the times per year. Look at that number. How do you feel about that number? Good, bad? So if you can change it and you want to, then you should. If you can't change it, then you have to make it precious. Make it count. Ten more party nights with Bob. Twenty-five more nights with Mom. And then you realize how few and how precious these moments are then make them count. One day we'll vanish, and our problems will vanish with us. Problems are a a feature, not a bug. Problems are for the living, not the dead. Problems are an excellent indicator that you are alive. The state of no problems is the state of death. But we're not dead. So, live your life. Max out the goodies the best you can. Max out your feelings with your family and your friends. If you go on too long and feel dead inside in your career, make a change. Find a way to make the hours spent better. Lives are short. Spend time doing the things you want to do because you've got 10, 20, maybe 30 years if you're lucky. I sent that to one of my kids. And he wrote back right away. I saw this about an hour ago and thought of you. I love you. And I wrote back, I love you too. Because my kids are, your kids are gone. They left the house. So how many more times? Right. I mean, if you're lucky. 200, 500, 1,000, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. Just put things into perspective. Because as you get older, the less and less time you have for the interactions. And you think of all the mindless hours you spend in front of the TV set Mm -hmm. or complaining or scrolling 
instead of hanging right. out doing the things with, with the, people the people you love. Right, that you really want to do them with. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good reminder. Life is short. All right, coming up in this hour, we're going to go to the phones at the bottom. That's around 530. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask you about the Oscars last night. Did you watch it? Do you care? The slap that was heard around the world, did it matter to you? Does it matter? Do you have an opinion on it? We just kind of want to hear where you are on that. That'll be coming up at 535. Um, and after we step away and return, Cara Bettis will join us from Christianity Today. When the congregation leaves town, should the building follow? Okay, we'll talk about it next. Monday edition, the post-slap edition, the ride home. One hundred one point five WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. We swagger at our technological advance, but someone has pointed out that uh, while amateurs built the ark, professionals built the Titanic. Noah may have been an amateur in ark building, but he was certainly technologically advanced spiritually as he trusted the Lord. Your Adrian Rogers series, Champions of Faith, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Why doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive Receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at Roofing contractor pittsburgh.com My chosen professional, I called me off on the second day or had a parent mad at me. Word FM presents a night out with comedian Chad Thornsbury. I walk in there and his dad jumps up. He said, I heard you called my daughter stupid. Like, I would never call your daughter stupid. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. I asked her if she was stupid. General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now. I know there seems like there should be a second part to that joke, but that's where that one ends. That's where we go on. At wordfm.com slash night out. When the congregation leaves town, should the building follow? I think this happens in Pittsburgh 
a lot. Oh, it does. Right? Are you kidding? I mean, the shifting dynamics of where we've been in the city. Pittsburgh was kind of stable for many decades. All of a sudden, I think especially during the pandemic, right, housing costs went up. People looked at Pittsburgh across the nation and was like, that's a pretty inexpensive place to live. Mm -hmm. So we're going to come in. And then all of a sudden, I do know churches have gotten pushed aside. Sure. And now we have churches, buildings being repurposed. Right. You know, turning into breweries, turning into homes or condos or whatever it is. Kara Bettis wrote a really interesting piece. It's one of the cover stories in the newest edition of Christianity Today. When the congregation leaves town, should the building follow? Kara, welcome back. How are you doing? Hey, John and Kathy. Thank hey. you so much for having me again. Yeah, good nice to be piece. here. Thank you. Sure. Tell us Thanks. about Watson Grove Baptist Church. Yeah. So um, at first I was interested in this idea of, um, you know, spiritual gentrification, kind of, as you guys said, the idea that when neighborhoods change, what happens to um, churches? And I actually live in Boston. Um, and so that's something I've seen a lot in my own city. Mm just, you know, gentrifying neighborhoods. Um, And so I looked around, initially looked at um, kind of exploring the trend in Boston. But then I'd heard uh, Pastor John Faison on the podcast and looked into his church. So he leads a historically black congregation, pretty um, large church, around 3,000 members pre-COVID, called uh, Watson Grove in the Nashville area, Um, actually in the neighborhood Edge Hill, which is kind of adjacent um, to Music Row, some of the trendier neighborhoods in Boston, or in sorry, Nashville, and so they kind of seen, even though they, you know, they're several hundred years old, they've watched their neighborhood, you know, transform over the years. Especially, you know, Nashville has, you know, grown tremendously with a lot of people coming in. The neighborhoods are shifting, and so one of the things that I found interesting about their church um, is that they actually, you know, have had to grapple with what's our place in our neighborhood, especially as it changes, you know, suddenly we've got condos surrounding us and you have our neighborhood, you know, looks a lot different and our members are actually moving out of the city. So, or or at least out of um, that particular neighborhood. And so I focused on them because I actually, you know, pinpointed they um, at one point had expanded and built um, a parking lot, which you're like, okay, parking lot's kind of like a boring topic, but it actually tells you a lot. We were like, Actually, this uh, church ran into problems because they were street parking. As people be- moved out of the neighborhood, sure. it became increasingly a commuter church. And where are the people going to park? You know, neighbors are getting grumpy that people are parking on the street. Um, but you also, you know, the, that's the community's church, you know. Or And then your question is, who is the community? So mm-hmm. they went through a lot of, you know, asking a lot of questions. And um, kind of at the end of the piece, he talks about, um, you know, they want to remain a historically um, black congregation, or at least um, kind of that is the community that they're wanting to focus on um, is their community that started the church. But a lot of churches have to grapple with that. You know, do we intentionally become multi-ethnic and change, you know, way of doing things, even anything from like worship to the structure of the church? Or do we move, if our members are moving out of the city, do we move with them? And so I talked to several different pastors um, who all made different decisions throughout the piece. Yeah, so so let me just put that in boldface um, for our listeners who haven't read the piece. So the question is, if people, if, if a historic church, say, has been in the city for a long time, and most of their members now have moved out of the city, in the suburbs. should the church also move out of the city? That's the question, right? Or the reverse, whatever it is, should the church follow where its members have gone or should the church stay where it is and just be attracting new members that are different people? 
Right. So it's who are we? You know, who are we? Who is our church called to minister to? You know, is it that community? Is it literally our neighbors who are literally live next to me? And as that changes, you know, do we just change our church to minister to those, you know, to our neighbors? Or if it's our community, you know, is our identity is that we are historically black church or where we want to reach like more, um, you know, one of the pastors I talked to was um, Aaron and Michelle um, Reyes down in Austin, Texas. And they had talked about how they actually moved. They had wanted to, um, you know, reach out to and minister intentionally to, um, you know, minority communities. And as that community, you know, moved out further North, couldn't afford to commute to their church. They're like, we're going to leave because we're not interested as much. We feel called, I should say, you know, to that community. So we're actually going to move out. But other churches, Daryl Williamson um, in Florida is another pastor I talked to. And his church was a historically black congregation. But in the last, you know, um, few years, he, they intentionally became multi-ethnic group. They were like, our neighborhood is who we're ministering to. And as we have, you know, white, Asian, other, um, you know, people moving in, we want to, like, intentionally make them feel comfortable and make changes in our church um, to kind of minister to that uh, literal like few blocks around us right so. And, and so so Gary any way you do that right whether you're leaving the neighborhood or staying there and reinventing yourself in the neighborhood I mean it's kind of I mean lack of a better phrase it's a bit of a gamble because you never know what's going to happen right. I mean you could lose a congregants the, the church could fold if you don't do things properly or if you go to a new neighborhood and try to do a startup who knows what that's going to attract or not Right, exactly. And it is really interesting. It's not just like I, I focus a lot on the racial um, element, but it's not, you know, you have churches, I'm, I'm doing another piece on a church network in Scotland, and, you know, there's no racial network in, or, um, involved necessarily, um, but it is definitely a socioeconomic one. So, you know, you have um, churches in poor areas where suddenly, you know, people are moving out, you know, and they have to decide, you know, are we going to minister to these new people that are coming in, or do you really want to focus on that community and follow them? You know, and who are we as a congregation, um, as our leadership and everything changes. So, and actually, I think my takeaway, you know, it was pretty convicting. You know, I'm, a, um, you know, a uh, middle class white woman and I've lived in Harlem in New York when that was kind of towards the end of um, probably 10 years ago um, when it was very much gentrifying. I live in Jamaica Plain, a neighborhood in Boston that has gentrified. And so it's made me question, you know, why have I chosen we almost went, you know, more in that direction of the article. Like, why have I chosen the church that I've chosen? You know, I'm not, I'm commuting to my church, you know, and so why haven't I chosen the church that's two streets over, you know? So yeah. what is, you know, kind of how we decide, kind of on the flip side, how do we decide where we go? And especially during COVID, right? I mean, it was all wide open. So now people are, after right. two years on Zoom, then people are going to mm-hmm. sort of pick up their chips and go where they want to go. It's like a reinvention of the local church. Sure. Totally. Yeah. And it's pretty sad because then you have, I mean, then you have, um, if you look at, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, you have um, churches that are moving, becoming more suburban churches, looking for more space or, you know, that sort of thing. And then, like you guys mentioned kind of um, earlier on, the churches become, the buildings become luxury apartments or condos because uh, no other churches can afford to purchase them, you know. And so they become, you know, there's a whole faith aspect of a city and, and what happens to those um, institutions for sure. Kara Bettis is with us, Associate Features Editor for Christianity Today. Um, Kara, let me ask you another question, which is based on another CT article that John and I talked about on our show last week, which is that people who live farther away, I don't know if you saw this piece, farther away from their churches are more frequent attenders than people who live in the same neighborhood and can walk to church. 
Um, mm-hmm. So we talked to Dan Silliman about that. Now, that's a really interesting set of variables that contribute to that. Um, but mm-hmm. it makes me think of the of the original, um, you know, situation that you put the reader in at the beginning of your article, which is Watson Grove Baptist Church. So if those mm-hmm. people who were originally living in that neighborhood and then have moved away, according to to what Dan talked to John and I about, they're still going to be faithful coming to the church because they're moving like more than 12 miles away. And so that's going to apparently indicate that they're going to be more regular attenders. Say the last part again. So they're, yeah, they're going to be more regular, regular attenders. Right, right. Yeah, I find that interesting. I think with um, Watson Grove, which was in, what was interesting is um, they actually ended up deciding to plant um, another church closer to where a lot of their members were attending, um, or sorry, were coming from. And one of the other things, one of the other aspects that I found to be very interesting is also, um, so you have COVID obviously changes a lot of things, but um, it makes you know a lot of people kind of more hesitant to attend in person or commute. But then on the flip side, you also have kind of this, um, one of the, it kind of adds a little more nuance to it is you have the poverty angle. So depending on the church, this isn't necessarily the case with Watson Grove, but with um, the Reyes' church in Austin, Texas, you know, they're like, people can't afford a bus pass. And, or they can't, you know, or commit to that church. So they're actually going to want a neighborhood church. So that makes it a little more nuanced. I think with mm-hmm. um, the Watson Grove Church, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm sure those statistics, you know, um, could be seen in the way their church attendance attendees um, attend more often. There's more commitment um, to, to drive, but at the same time, with kind of the weekly community is a little more difficult. They talked about um, they just seen a lot of people because they were. Uh, members had moved further away it was harder for kids to come to youth group during the week because you also are trying to get homework done you can't just like pop in you know for a couple from a couple blocks down the road um and then you also have um you know midweek bible studies are just a lot more difficult and again covid's changed some of this because you know you can just jump on zoom um for some of that stuff but um, yeah, that is, you know, an interesting aspect of it. Well, it, it just sure is complex, isn't it? It's not as though you could just go into a church and you're mm-hmm. going to get, you know, this. I mean, whether it's Baptist, Methodist, mm-hmm. or whatnot. I mean, everything is a different tone, mm-hmm. a different style, a different color, rich, poor, white, black. Uh, everything is so complex. I, you know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. in some ways, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it makes it difficult to worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also, you know, it does affect everyone. One of the churches that we also looked at didn't make it into the story, but my uh, editor put it in his editor's note is um, Erwin McManus's church, Mosaic, in uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they almost got out of their, um, you know, pretty nice uh, rental property because, um, you know, they wanted to turn it into luxury. The owner wanted to turn it into luxury condos. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to, you know, have a capital campaign to um, buy the building from the owner. Um, and I think COVID, I'm not sure what happened with that. Um, I couldn't find an update, but, um, basically, you know, with that situation, you know, it affects everybody, even kind of the churches that come in and want to plant and, you know, so it really, you never know if you don't own the building, you know what I mean? Right. Um, even just, you know, gentrification can impact you in any sort of way. Dictated by the whims of the marketplace. Yeah. That's Kara (laughs) Bettis, Associate Features Editor for Christianity, Christianity Today. Kara, we're glad, we're glad that you were able to be with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Yeah, you raise a lot of very interesting questions about where to worship, how to worship. Kara Bettis from CT. Uh, when the congregation leaves town, should the building follow? This month's edition. The goal of this commercial is to show you 
that if you buy a new home this year without using our two advantages, you will probably have made a pretty big boo-boo financially. I learned that word from my nieces. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and today we announced something brand new. For Word FM listeners on new home purchases this year, we will now pay $1,000 of your closing costs. And there's no gimmicks. We simply believe that home purchases are going to go up this year, and we want to excite you to use us. The second advantage is our direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money within its own walls. There's no middleman, which often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. So don't make a boo-boo. Take advantage of our new $1,000 lender credit and our direct lender advantage. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I think we've all been sold the bill of online school. That, you know, you can do it online just as easily as you can do it in person. Same thing. Right. It's the same thing. Same I mean, quality. You, can get, you can access the same teacher. You can access the same experience. It's really fine. We all know that's not the case. Right. There's a huge difference being in person in a room with other individuals and doing something digitally. So during the COVID pandemic, I look at my own kids and I think of the things that they missed out on. And I'm not just talking about classes. I'm saying, okay, I had one uh, child who was an athlete who, you know, the entire NCAA sports schedule got upended. I have another child who's involved in music and all those music performances got completely cut. I'm happy to tell you that over the last three, four months, I just feel like we're coming up, you know, out of this horrible haze we've been in. I've been able to see sporting events and I've been able to go to live concerts. And it just reinforces in my mind how important those extracurriculars are when you're talking about choosing a school for your child. Because community matters. So if you're thinking about next semester, next year, look at Grove City College because face-to-face, in-person Christian men and women gathering together with an education, with a strong faith perspective, there's nothing like Grove City. Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College in person. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. College scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. Clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be very cold. Temperatures approaching near record lows. One of the coldest nights until next fall, so dress warmly. We'll see a low of 16. Intervals of clouds and sunshine tomorrow with a high of 43. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy. A little rain late beginning after temperatures rise above freezing. Watch for icy spots late, low 31. A little rain early in the morning Wednesday, otherwise cloudy, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Everybody's got an opinion, whether you saw it live or not. What happened last night at the Oscars was shocking. Was shocking. Now, if you listen to this show long enough, you know that I'm a fan. I mean, I just love movies. It's my preferred form of entertainment. It's been that way since I was probably 14 years old. 
I would go to the movies by myself. I would go with a date or, you know, my wife or just I wanted I just love your wife. Who was your date? Yeah. Just to clarify. Our first date together, we saw a double feature. I knew she was the one. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So just as a means of of that extension of loving the movies and, and, you know, say what you will about Hollywood. Believe me, there's a lot to be said. I'm not a fan. It's crazy. It's crazy leftist talk. It is. There's just no way around it. Do you mean, live- ex- you mean in Hollywood or do you mean exclusively at the Oscars? Uh, Holly- I would say Hollywood. Okay. I mean, to live in that bubble, I can't imagine what that's like. I can't either. I've got a good friend from high school who's a, a scriptwriter who spent his entire career in Hollywood. Uh, he, I mean, he's got stories to tell. But what you saw last night was just someone unhinged. Now, people say, I appreciate what Will Smith did. He he spoke up for his wife, mm-hmm. and Chris Rock was out of line. Other people say, listen, a comedian, he's the social commentator on the day. It's a joke. And if you're like the Smiths, who have spent some 30 years in the public eye, how many jokes have they heard in one form or another at their expense? Right. You should have left that rolled off your back like yeah. water off a duck. Yeah, okay, but here's here's what I think the difference was last night is that now we're we're in a different phase <laughs> in the public life of Will and Jada Pickett Smith because it's post her podcast. And her podcast has now entered into the public record as information that she has given out about their private life. Their marriage. Their marriage. And I think that had a part to play in what unfolded last night because it's embarrassing for both parties in different ways what she has said over time. And but the, essentially that they have – it's on record that it's been said that they have an open marriage. Right. So that in different – at different times in their marital history, each one has been with different people. Right. That's a matter of public record. Well, she's been talking about it on her podcast. I have to say I'm talking about that secondhand. I don't listen to her podcast, so I can't say that I heard it myself. But if you – all you have to do is look online and you'll see a ton of – much more than you ever wanted to know about it. But then how does that make a difference in well, what a comedian says Because on the stage I of the feel Oscars? like some of her quotes about him have – might be a little embarrassing to him. And so – a public moment comes up like that, there's already, this is all a guess, you know that, but there's already some angst between the two of them. And between Chris Rock and Will Smith or between Mr. Between, and Mrs. Smith? Between Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And because initially he started laughing at the comment from Chris Rock. Right. And then he looked I, it over. It looked like he then saw his wife was upset and then he kicked it into another gear and then the whole thing kind of fell apart. So- that's kind of how I read it. That this is a this is a marriage which has had a lot of difficulties over the last several years, many of which have been now aired publicly. And now this happens in public at an Oscar ceremony where his wife is being minimized and he feels like, well, to be what she wants me to be in her eyes, I have to defend her. That, I don't know. That That's a guess. All I know is it felt like a lot had happened prior to that moment to allow that moment to unfold like it did. Right. 
Does it matter? What you saw last night. I mean, it's Hollywood, so it's it fluff. It mattered a little bit to me. In what way? I mean, you went to bed last night thinking about mm-hmm. this, that, you know. I did. Because what was interesting is you saw, I mean, someone was assaulted, right? Uh, you can you can debate again, and of course you've seen this online. Well, it really wasn't much of a slap. Oh no, it was an it, it was a it was a superior insult, right. is what it was. I mean, so how does it matter that so, you see two celebrities go at it? At the end of the day, it doesn't affect my paycheck. It doesn't affect my marriage. It doesn't affect my relationship with my children. It doesn't affect my relationship with God, or does it? But to me, it. It, I, I would say yes, it does affect those things to me because watching it happen in my mind was a physical, visual representation of what our culture is now. It was like the proof we needed to see that this is what it's come to. So we're curious. Does it make a difference to you, listener? 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. We'd love to hear your comments about this. And especially when you look at the family, and especially as a believer, as you see the family, your family, my family, Kath, your family. I mean, this is Hollywood, and so everything feels plastic in some way everything is plastic in fake some way. in some way it doesn't feel really real it feels as though you know you're you, you've stirred the pot that you've in some way i'm you know that they've asked for this because you're public heck we're public i mean i want to stay as far away I, from that that's as possible kind of how i look at it look she's doing a podcast talking about her marriage and personal life you think she hasn't asked for it asked i'm not for saying she has to be insulted but she certainly has opened up very personal things about her life to the public. That's the world we live in right now, right? Right. Everyone's. It feels as though everybody you know has, a, you know, a blog, a Twitter right. thread, a and podcast, they, and they use their. But then they're so they're using their personal journey, so to speak, as public currency. That's what I think she's doing, and when it came back at her last night or back at him or whatever, all of a sudden it was a big offense. And I think, well, you know what? If you weren't up front, if you weren't revealing so much about your private situation. Well, but the situation is not necessarily about her marriage. It's about her hair loss. But look, but was to me, it seemed like it was a lot about her marriage last night. I don't know. 800-320-8255. Give us a call. What did you think about what went on last night? Did it have any intersection in your life? Does it mean anything to you? Or is it just the Oscars and it's crazy Hollywood? Uh, 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Frank, uh, you're first in line. What are your thoughts? Hi, guys. Really enjoy your show. Thank you, Frank. Really enjoy listening to you guys. I'm I'm all with Kathy. You know, I I don't uh, watch these shows as a rule because I already think it is. Wait, Frank, we lost and, you. You, uh, you dropped out there. Go back. You don't watch the shows as a rule generally. We lost you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in a bad area. You might lose me permanently here. But uh, I just generally as a rule, it's just, it's just indicative of, of the culture. I, I just think they're they're in the gutter a lot of times with what they have to say. And it's not really about the art form. It's just about 
you know, their uh, whatever they're trying to promote that day. Right, right. But when I, when I heard about it, I first asked my daughter, who's a junior in high school, was that staged? Because mm-hmm. I could totally see something like that being staged for ratings. Sure. I mean, that's how cynical I am about these folks, you right, know? Right, right, well, right. and, that's, and how, then, that's how low the ratings are. So it's, a, you know, reasonable that you would think that. That's right. And, and she, uh, she said no. No, she believes that it was serious, and apparently with the follow-up uh, today that I've been hearing, it was serious. But I, I'm with you, Kathy. I think it is totally indicative of um, people just feel like they can say or do anything. There are no guardrails. And, um, you know, instead of taking their craft seriously, because it is, there is good art. There are good artists out there in their, in their field. Uh, they just drag it into the into the gutter again and it's and it's just to get a laugh or just to get ratings or whatever and it's not going to work because they've lost a lot of us that maybe would have watched it one time or did watch in the past and you know i i just i just don't pay that whole industry much mind anymore and i think there are a lot of people like that out there thanks for uh, your call frank yeah i appreciate that i mean i don't know did it ever really matter? I mean, you know, when Bob Hope used to be the host. I think when it mattered a lot Johnny more. Johnny Carson I think, was the host. I mean, host. it matter. We're when talking Audrey like, Hepburn was there. I'm using air quotes, matter. Of course it doesn't right. matter. We're talking about, you know, people living and dying on the other side of the world. It doesn't exactly, matter in right. that regard. But I think it does say something about culture. American culture. Yeah. And around the world. What's interesting is it was bleeped here in the U.S., yeah, but, but around the world. Right. It was all, the F, wide open. all the F-bombs were out there for everyone to right. hear. 800-320-8255. Hey, Jim, you're live with us. What are your thoughts, please? Well, John and Kathy, just, to me, it's just very unsettling. I, I, don't want, I, didn't, I never watch award shows, but um, this is just something, somebody like myself who really struggled with anger management before I came to award. It's just a bad look hmm. for humanity. You know, uh, comedy is comedy, whatever. Maybe that's not the best thing, but we just can't respond like that. It's just, you know, the, the, the other man was just standing there when I looked at the video, and he just received the blow. And it's just it's a terrible look for our young people to see that. It, it's just, you know, this is a man, the, hundreds of millions of dollars he's made. you got to have some self-control, no matter what was said there he knows he's on a worldwide stage it's just not a good look for men that's just not how we, we handle our problems yeah. you know uh, i don't know where he is as a christ follower but myself and my struggle with that issue it's very disconcerting when i see something like that because i know there's a lot of young men that are out there struggling and, and looking up to to people like this and you know they, they look at this and say okay this is how i handle my business right. you know with violence and that's what scares me the most out of this whole thing. Um, is just it's just not the appropriate way to to deal with situations. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's good a good call, point. I, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it as well. I mean, I mean, heck, and that's the minimal thing, right? Somebody gets slapped, and we live in the culture now where, where people would get shot for lesser offenses, mm-hmm. right? And but there again, you are on a worldwide stage. But again, things like that don't happen on live TV. They did last night. They sure did. I mean, someone was saying this is the greatest moment in live television. Listen. I'm such an old guy. I saw Lee Harvey Oswald get shot on live television by Jack Ruby. Right. I mean, that's a whole other story. Right.
But so you in, saw both of these events I live. Did, I did. That's just kind of a bookend <laughs> of my life of the horror of what it is to see live television. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick break, but your calls are welcome at 800 320 8255. Did you watch last night? Have you seen a clip this morning? Does it make a difference to you? Is this entitlement? Is this crazy Hollywood? Or what is this? What does this say about us? I'd like to hear your thoughts. 101.5 WORD. This week on Truth for Life, we'll see what the Apostle Paul's practical instructions for effective leadership have to say about faithfully proclaiming God's word. Find out what absolutely must be taught and what must be avoided at all costs. Listen Monday through Friday to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel Tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. Journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519 to book today. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Liberty Mutual in Insurance Company presents and Doug. Don't you just love the smell of old books? This is a library. Sorry, ma'am. We're looking for a book titled Liberty Mutual Customizes Your Car Insurance So You Only Pay for What You Need. I don't think we carry that, but check nonfiction. It really does devour literature. Please leave. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 liberty. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Like a lot of people, we're, we're talking about what happened last night. The shock of a person, one person assaulting another person at the Oscars. Especially two people who are well-known, and we don't know them, but, but we you feel, feel like, like you, we do. Of course. I mean, how right. you, I, mean I love watching okay, so let me, let me, no, I, I brought this up to you before we went on the air, and I, I think it might be instructive, that I remember at my cousin's high school graduation party, a cousin of mine had too much to drink, 
and hit his father at the party. Okay, yeah. which is a horrible thing to see. Of course. And all these years later, I've never forgotten about it. But there was a moment of total silence. There was a moment of horror. And then there was a moment when we all realized that a lot had gone on prior to that moment. What was the story behind this? What story? was okay? And that's how I felt last night. It was the flashback right, to that. Right, right. I was like, okay, so this is horribly, it's terrible. It's awkward. There's a moment of silence. And then we all realize a lot more has happened right. prior to this moment that would cause this to happen. Well, I mean, these guys have known each other. I mean, you, can you imagine the one degree of separation in Hollywood? Right. right? Of I mean, course. I mean, they're well known. I'm sure they have hung out with and each other. And let me bring up, again, the fact that she's chosen to do a podcast about her personal life. Right. Well, the line of the night was from Denzel. Oh, my gosh. Denzel said, apparently to Will Smith, who Will Smith quoted Denzel, in your highest moments, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. I mean, the devil to make an appearance at the Academy Awards says something about the Academy Awards. 800-320-8255. We're talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock last night. And does it matter to you? What does it say about us mm-hmm. as a society? What about celebrity and all that craziness of the plastic Hollywood? Let's go back to the phones. And um, Ken, hey, Ken, you're with us live. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I was just shocked about the whole thing. You know, that these people, they, they put themselves out in that situation. They put themselves up in the public eye, and they know what they're going through there. And that's, that's Chris Rock's job there to make people laugh, you yeah. know, and to have somebody come and hit him for doing his job. And maybe it was a little personal when I looked into, you know, the reasons why she looks like G.I. Jane or whatever, you know. But, uh you know, it might have been a little personal, but I don't think he meant it that way. He was just out to get laughs. Like he's let that's what they want him to do there. They they want him to to be funny. You're right. You that's know, why and, he's there. Right. He is the comedian. Yeah. He's that's why he's there. And that's the line, Ken, don't you think that comedians always are, are, are looking at it and crossing over or not crossing over is when is it when is it too far? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it might have been a little too far, and I, I did, and I, I did look into it, and I did watch Will Smith. He issued an apology. I don't know if it was directly to Chris Rock or not, but uh, you know, he issued an apology. Was it too little, too late? But hey, we all make mistakes, right? You know, but, and uh, you know, we we gotta have we gotta have some forgiveness in our heart to some point, you know, and. Uh, it's probably to every point, actually. You know, what am I sounding like? <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I no, I'll forgive some and not the other. But no, I got <laughs> you know, I, I to forgive everybody, really, you know, in, in the long run. You know, I mean, I can stay mad for a minute, but no longer than that. I get it. Yeah. Good Thanks for your call, Jim. Ken. But look, at, at the same time, right, I mean, a lot of people would go, look, I appreciate what Will Smith did. Because he, he stood, stood up for, up his, for wife. his wife. Right. His wife was under attack, and so he had every right to go in after, after that guy. Because, you know, the poor woman's losing That's her hair. That's not the way that we defend our spouses. This isn't, you know, 13th century Scotland. Sorry. I just, I feel like we're in a different place. It be, Because you don't physically hit somebody does not mean that you're not defending your spouse. I mean, if, if someone insulted my husband, I could still defend him. And I am not of a physical stature or capability where I could aggressively defend him. No, it doesn't mean I'm not. not defending him. Scratch your eyes out. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Hey, Scott's with us on line two. Hey, Scott, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I think that both men were wrong. You know, um, 
there's a sensitivity that these comedians have lost in the fact that, you know, when you're poking fun at somebody's health issues, you know, nobody knows really why this woman's losing her hair. Um, you know, I think that's a little tacky, but, you know, comedians don't have a filter. The other thing is, I think, I believe Chris, I mean, Will Smith reacted. He didn't respond. You know, he reacted in anger. And when we react, you know, we make our choices. So I, I really do believe that, um, you know, each of these men owe one another an apology. You know, however, it seems like to me that Will Smith over this more than Chris Rock. Now, my question is, and I, you know, I, I guess I'll just say this, had um, Chris Rock been a white comedian, would we have had the same reaction as far as condemning Will Smith for his actions? You know, I mean, you know, this was a case where you have two African-American men and, you know, engaging in a, well, a poor choice of judgment on both of their cases. So, again, um, you know, we, we all make mistakes. We all say things and we all do things that uh, we wish we could have a 30-second timeout and to take back. But, you know, personally, I just think that, you know, both of them made bad choices. Yes, Chris Rock is there to um, make us laugh. But you know something? There are better ways than using somebody's um, issues to make somebody laugh. So, Again, that's just my take on it. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Thank you, Scott. I mean, you bring up a good point, right? I mean, if it would have been a, a white guy with a black guy or, you know, a black woman with a black – I mean, the, the whole racial well, sure, thing is course. another mix as well. Of course. Right? But we just you just see right. what you see and you go, man, that's the last thing mm -hmm. I expected to see at the Oscars was, you know, somebody rushing the stage and smacking somebody. It's a weird time we live in. It just really is. <sighs> I also feel like – I, we should go back and talk about what Chris Rock said in Chris Rock said in 2019 when he was asked to host the Oscars, and he <laughs> said, "I no, would never. You will never catch me doing that over my. De I mean, he was like so appalled because he said you can't make fun of people anymore. Yeah. So he uh, that was already stated. He already said, I'm afraid and I'm using that in air quotes of this environment because comics can't really be comics in this environment. And then he goes out last night. And look what happens. Well, thank goodness. Ricky Gervais wasn't the host last night because, you know, Ricky Gervais, we've seen that. Oh, we sure he have seen that. No prisoners. Right. I mean, he just crushes. Yeah. Everybody OK. In so the let's talk about this. I admired Chris Rock for how he handled. Oh, he did an excellent job. Yeah, because clearly he was pushed back. He was stunned, and he tried to you know make it work. And he was professional about it. He went on with what he was supposed to do. He, you know, basically did his job. Yeah, and got off there. And got off of the stage. But what I mean, when he got off the stage, what was that I like? I can't imagine. Because again, I'm sure these guys hung out with each other. They had to know each other. Well, Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah, I don't know if they hung out I with mean, each other. It's a tiny little town, Hollywood. Really, we think it's doesn't a mean they're friends, though. I mean, and he has a, he already in previous, you know, bits had said things about them. Now, to be honest, I, I did not know about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair loss. I didn't. I either. just thought it was a fashion choice, right? And, and look at with the green dress. She I can looks see beautiful. why he, of course, she's beautiful and she wore a green yeah. dress, an enormous green dress, I don't know. like the biggest green dress. Hollywood's weird. 
If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them, too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84, Pennsylvania. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found an unshakable educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where students experience an engaging, rock-solid Christian education at each of their three North Hills campuses, enabling them to thrive academically, spiritually, and socially. Schedule a personal tour today and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years. Learn more about research, education, and support at Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org. My daughter got whooping cough when she was only two months old. Her cough was so bad she couldn't breathe and she was in the hospital for nearly a week. Doctors told us that even though Mary Grace was too young to be vaccinated, we could have protected her by getting vaccinated ourselves. I'm Dr. Bill Schaffner of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Adults need a booster vaccine to protect themselves and those around them from whooping cough. Ask about it the next time you're at your doctor's office or pharmacy. Visit adultvaccination.org. Closing up a conversation about the Oscars last night, let me also say that the whole broadcast was way too long. Well, they were trying; they cut major awards to save time, and ended up longer. Oh my god! And were those three hosts so awkward? Well, no, they were. They Don't tr- you didn't think they were? No, I thought it was. I thought it was. Did you cringy. watch the opening? No, the opening was funny. Okay, you know. What I appreciated was, because when I saw the three of them, I thought, oh, this is going to be like raunchy comedy. It wasn't raunchy. Right, right. It wasn't so, raunchy. I just thought it was cringy. A lot of it was cringy. How about the three of them when, when what's her name's hanging from the Spider-Man right, costume, right, and then right. the other one's coming Asian. out as Tammy Faye, and right, like, right. Wanda Sykes is See, in the they're just... Like, I, I, it was kind of throwback comedy to a, a different time. I felt like it was bad pacing. The whole... 
I, I just felt like it was there were too many yeah, awkward moments of like uh, all that. Well, all this talk about you know fast, 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 and the younger audience, and it wasn't that. It at wasn't all. fast at all. No. What about the terrible decision of having Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli at the end? Well, you know what? No, I, I that was a Lady horror. Gaga and her. her she was love very. On Liza Minnelli they, was very compassionate. They made Liza Minnelli look bad. I don't think I, I don't think that should have happened. Well, maybe it was an like an homage to Liza Minnelli. That was not fair. She's not in a position. She's not in a condition to be out there. I didn't think it was there fair. She, I was shocked. I think everybody was shocked. Yeah. I had no idea Liza Minnelli was in that position. But Lady Gaga was very kind. She and was very kind. Her. But but I don't think that should have happened on television. Yeah. I just I felt like they were trying to capitalize on her name. And they allow they, nobody knew who she was they, for the most part. I mean, that audience they didn't know who Liza. Of Minnelli course was. they did. Come on, they knew who Liza, Liza Minnelli, Minnelli was. A was? Flash in the pan, no cabaret, no a quick Oscar, uh, they, Arrested Development. Oh well, that's a different thing. Yeah, right. No, everybody knew What's who Liza happened? Minnelli was. This Liza Minnelli, she had I have, Parkinson's. I have no idea. She had a stroke. No idea. They should not. I was it was. It was. It wasn't fair to her. For the to big do award that. of the evening, right? It wasn't fair. Yeah. The whole thing. I thought it was a train wreck anyway, start to finish. That's I live did. television. Oh, right? my gosh. We, we see it very, very rarely. God bless us all. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.